Thanks for joining us at Warehouse Church. We would love for you to stay connected, and a great way for you to do that is to simply subscribe to this podcast. You can also stay connected throughout the week by checking out our website, warehousechurch.com, or by visiting our Facebook or Instagram pages. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. Good to see everybody in the house. We want to welcome, again, all of our friends that are joining online and want to encourage you to like us and share us tonight. Not like us because we're insecure. Like us so that other people can hear about Warehouse Church. Uh, we want to, I want to invite your attention uh, to Luke chapter 1. I'm going to start there and then move right into Luke chapter 2. And as we celebrate Christmas service tonight, it's such a great, great time of year. We love Christmas. We've had, Christmas for us uh, this week has been a little bit of a month-long celebration, uh, it feels like. We've had, we did Christmas with our, our kids the other night, and then we did Christmas with their kids last night, and then we're going to have it again tonight for me and Kim. And then tomorrow, Kim and I are going to go to see her mom for Christmas. We're flying to Philadelphia tomorrow. Uh, we had a family that was in the first service tomorrow, and they said, Pastor, have a good time in Philadelphia. We're going to Cabo tomorrow. And I said, Merry stinking Christmas to you too, you know. But uh, we're so happy that, that you're joining us tonight. We want to thank you for the privilege of being, being with Warehouse Church tonight for your Christmas celebration. You know, one of the neat things about Christmas for all of us is uh, the, the joy that it brings. We've been studying the past four weeks uh, the, the understanding of what the Advent means, love and joy and peace and hope. And tonight we're going to talk about our Lord Jesus Christ. And what I want to share with you tonight, my message is called, What Kind of King is Jesus? In, in Luke chapter 1, the Bible tells us the story of how Mary and then eventually her husband Joseph would find, that found out about that, that Mary was going to have a son and they were going to call him Jesus. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, it says this. Uh, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You, are, you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him, a throne of his fa- give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come, to, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. She, who was uh, said to be unable to conceive, is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. We're going through something as a family right now. For the last and final time, I'm happy to tell you, uh, we are marrying off our last daughter. So for all suitors that were hoping for a shot at her, the time window is closing very quickly, okay? And I'm only saying that because her fiancé is not here tonight. But our youngest daughter, Emily, is getting married in February, and I was, you know, when I was reading through this and even talking about it in the earlier service, 
I was thinking about Joseph and Mary who were espoused to be married. Joseph, who was a good guy, apparently. Mary, the Bible said, was a woman who found favor. Joseph also found favor, and, and God chose him because he was part of the lineage of David, right? So God came to Mary one day and, the, and sent down an angel to Mary and said, you have found favor with God. You're going to have a son. His name's going to be Jesus. And Mary's like, well, got a question. Not married yet. Is that son going to happen after I'm married? Because the only way to have a child, you know, in, 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 in human thinking to understand would be for her and her husband to come together and have this baby. They said, no, no, no. You're going to be, you're, you're going to conceive because the power of the Holy Spirit under the blessing of God. Now, when we think about that and hear about that, all of us more than likely have heard of the name the Virgin Mary. Uh, our country is a country that was founded on Christian uh, values. We would say that the United States probably uh, has a very strong Judeo-Christian ethic where there is a, a basic understanding of the Word of God. There's not too many people in the United States that have never heard the name the Virgin Mary or never heard the name Jesus Christ, okay? It's, it's, it, they might not have a relationship with him or know him as personal savior, but the Christian terms and the Christian names are, are, are somewhat familiar to our culture, right? But I don't know if you've ever talked to anybody that's not familiar with anything in the Bible, where they've never heard any of the story of Jesus, the Virgin Mary, any of the Old Testament stories, and have any understanding of God. And if you were to tell somebody that had zero understanding of anything out of the Word of God, they'd never heard a Bible story, they've never heard any kind of teaching from the Old Testament, no understanding that God created the heavens and the earth, right? It was totally void from anything they grew up with. And you told them that the Savior of the world was going to be born because a virgin was going to conceive because of the power of God. They would look at you like you were cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Now think about Mary. This had never happened before. It had never happened in the Old Testament. It had never been recorded in Scripture that a woman had a baby without a physical union with a, a, a man, okay? And so when Mary was told that she was going to have a baby, it did not make a whole lot of sense to her. As a matter of fact, I think it's fair to say that it scared her pretty desperately. And when Mary was afraid, when she heard from the angel what was going to happen to her, a lot of things went into her mind. For instance, one of the things that probably went in her mind is, what am I going to tell my husband, Joseph? We were planning to get married. We talked about having kids someday. He's in the lineage of David. I've got to have a couple babies for this guy, you know? It's funny to hear engaged, pre-engaged couples, engaged couples, and young married couples talk about babies in the future. Uh, we, we were talking to a couple the other day. It was really kind of funny. Uh, we, were, we were just talking to him, like, you know, the marriage is coming, this is happening, that's happening. And then he said to her, I can't wait to have babies. And she said, so are you having babies? And kind of got like a little, you know, snarky with him a little bit. And he said, no, you know, someday, you know, if we're able to have kids, we're going to have kids someday. She said, we haven't talked about that yet, and we're not going to talk about it now in front of him. So I became him to that person, those, those, that couple uh, the other night. But can you imagine the astonishment that Mary... The angel left, don't be afraid, don't be afraid, you're going to have a baby, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, you found favor with God. The angel leaves, and Mary, young girl, thinking about it in her mind, going, 
what, what, how is this even, what, what, I don't understand this. And then we read in Luke chapter 2, verse number 4, about the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. We'll start in verse number 4. It says, so Joseph took his family, took Mary, to the town of Nazareth in Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, and the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He was going because there was a census being taken. Because he, uh, he, he went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. And when they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were terrified, but the angel said, Don't be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth. Peace to those to whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see what has happened that the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying with him in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to him about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Wow, this story about the birth of Jesus, right? You may have heard this, you know, the story of the birth of Jesus uh, throughout your life if you've grown up in church or, or been part of Christmas services like this. But in Luke chapter 1, as we refer to that tonight, I, I want to talk to you about the kind of king that Jesus was. The one that was going to be born, king of kings and lord of lords. The one who came to take away the sins of the world. Born in a very humble manner uh, to a virgin named Mary in a stable because there was no room at the end. We're very familiar with the nativity story uh, more than likely. But what kind of king was born in the name of Jesus Christ? Well, the first thing we can understand from Luke chapter 1 is that Jesus was born holy. In verse 35 of chapter 1, it says, The angels answered, the Holy Spirit's going to come to you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One will be born who will be called the Son of God. He was holy. He was without sin. The significance of the Jesus Christ being born without sin has, has such a great meaning all throughout the Word of God. Starting all the way back in the book of Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15 where the first mention of the coming of Jesus Christ or a Savior that the world needed was talked about in Genesis 3.15, immediately following the fall, the fall of man. Because God would have to send a perfect and holy sacrifice to take away the sins of the world. It couldn't be somebody like you and me. Because the Bible tells us in the book of, the book of Romans that because one man, Adam, one man sinned, sin entered into the world. And we're born with this nature called a sinful nature. Uh, I, I, I was talking about it earlier today with somebody, and I, I wish, you know, I've had the privilege of being able to tell people about Jesus like many of you have, I'm sure. 
And it's what a great privilege it is to share with somebody the redemption story of Jesus Christ. And when we understand what Jesus Christ did for us and the fact that he was without sin, and then we look at our own lives and we explain to people the reason we need a Savior is because we were born in sin. Then you share that verse of the book of Romans that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. In all the years that I've been able to tell people about Jesus, and I wish that I had told more people about Jesus, okay? I've never had anybody argue with me and say, you know, Ed, I gotta be honest with you, not everybody has sinned, I'm pretty good. Can't remember a time I've ever done anything wrong. Can't remember a time that I've ever lied, cheated, or done this, or done this, or done, I've kept all of the law, I've done everything right my whole life. I've never met anybody like that. Have you ever met anybody like that tonight? That's not a hard verse to get people to understand that all of us have fallen short of God's perfection. But you see, the fact is that Jesus was holy. He could do something for us so that our sins could be forgiven. He could sacrifice himself. And the Bible tells us that's what he did because he was the holy, number two, son of God. In verse 32, it says, he will be great and will be called son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And then in verse 35, it says, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Uh, Logan, my oldest granddaughter, is learning my name right now. And she says, Pop, tell me your name again. I want to say the whole thing. And I said, okay, my name is Edward Martin Trinkle Jr. She said, why is it Jr.? I said, because my dad has the same name. She said, you couldn't get your own name? You know, I said, no, well, my dad wanted me to have his name so that he, he could tell, and, and, and everybody that knows my dad and, and knew me growing up knew that I was Ed, Ed Senior's son. I look like him, I talk like him, I act like him. That was a benefit for many, many things in my life, but it was also a detriment in some ways. I was driving home from uh, a date one night, and I was about 16 years old, and I got pulled over by a police officer, and it was in a township called Brookhaven, just outside of Toby Farms, for those of you that care. And as I was driving home, a cop car came behind me, turned his siren on. I was like, ah, oh, I'm going to get a ticket tonight. The cop comes up to the car. Son, do you know that you were, yes, sir, I knew I was driving fast, because we were taught you said yes, sir, to cops back then. That's just something we were taught to do. Somebody say amen to that, okay? So we said, yeah, yes, sir, I was, yeah, I know, I was, I'm sorry, I was, I was going too fast. Son, why don't you have any shoes on right now? What were you doing where you can't wear shoes and it's January? Well, officer, I'm really, really sorry. I don't have my shoes on right now, da-da-da-da-da. He said, wait a minute. I know you. I said, what do you mean? He said, you're Ed Trinkle. You're Tiny T, son, aren't you? I said, yes, sir. Tiny T is my dad. He said, guess what? I'm not giving you a ticket tonight. So I was all pumped up. I'm the Tiny T's son. I'm not going to get a ticket, right? He said, I'm calling your dad. Didn't he call my dad, and as soon as I got home, my dad said, Officer so-and-so just called me. You were going too fast coming out of Toby Farms. You're going to work the next three weeks for nothing to pay for that ticket. I said, Dad, I didn't get a ticket. He said, I don't care. You're working for free anyway. So being Ed Trinkle's son was not to my advantage that day. But you know your children, whether you like this or not, resemble you in so many ways. They resemble your, some of your good traits probably, but isn't it true when we see some bad things in our kids? Sometimes we have to be very careful not to be hypocritical because some of those bad things came from us. You, you know what I'm saying? But if you think about Jesus Christ being born of the Holy Spirit, 
under the blessing of God the Creator, Him resembling His, his Father, our Father in Heaven, meant that Jesus was perfect, and He is the Son of God. But we also understand the kind of king that Jesus is. Being Jesus also meant he was a man. Luke chapter 1, verse 31, it says, You will conceive, give birth to a son, and you will call him Jesus. And, and in Matthew 1, 21, it says, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. He was born the way that you and I were born. She carried him those nine months. She had the pain of pregnancy. She had all that stuff that happens, ladies, when you have a baby, happen to Mary. I would imagine there were times when Mary was pregnant with the perfect son of God and where she got mad at God about that. Is that fair to say that? Why did you choose me for this? This was awful. We heard a comedian on the way into church tonight on, on uh, Kim's uh, radio channel. She listens to the comedy channel. And this guy said, women, I have a lot of respect for you having kids because if it was up to us men, there would be no more humans. You know, it's probably true. But Jesus was 100% man. He experienced in his life everything that you and I experience. He experienced sorrow. He experienced pain. He probably was sick a couple times. And he was the perfect son of God. That doesn't mean his flesh was perfect, but it meant his spirit was perfect. He probably fell down and got cut. It would have been kind of cool to raise Jesus because you'd never have to spank him or yell at him because he was perfect. And I imagine his brothers and sisters were like, oh great, Jesus didn't do it, but you know, one of us probably did. But he grew up as a boy and the Bible says they found him in the temple and he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. It tells us in the book of Luke chapter two, verse 52. But understanding all of that, we can understand today because Jesus was a man, he understands our temptations. He understands our trials. He understands our burdens. He understands our, our, our brokenness. He understands humanity because he was 100% human. He experienced everything that you and I experienced so that he could love us even more. But the most important thing that we can understand tonight about the way of the kind of king that Jesus is Jesus is the kind of king that will be king forever. Luke 1.38, it says, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. My wife and I are very fascinated with British culture. And we have, we've had the privilege of, of, of spending time in, in England with some of our friends that are here tonight and doing camps and some different things like that. And we've really... Uh, had just the best time just traveling there and learning about that. I, a lot of my lineage is from Great Britain, and uh, surprise, you know, but it is. But we're really kind of enamored with the things that have to do with the royal family. It's very interesting to us. And we've watched the Victoria, the Queen, all everything that came out that's, that's out about England, we watch it. If you want to know how much my wife likes all things England, ask her for her phone number, Stand next to her and call her, and you will hear the song as her ringtone, the theme from Downton Abbey. That's how obsessed she is. True story, okay? And we understand that the Queen of England is a rather elderly lady, with all due respect. Uh, she's, she was queen, like, either during or right after World War II. I don't know the exact year, but kind of in that time before most of us were born. And 
she's 90 some years old now. I'm like, man, how long is she going to live? Not forever. She's the longest reigning monarch in the history of England and all things English. But she's not going to be the queen forever because she's not going to live as a human being forever. And I don't say that with any disrespect. She's a human being. But you know, Jesus Christ is a king that will be king forever. His reign is not going to end. When he comes back to this earth to establish his kingdom after the rapture and all those things that take place in the end times, and Jesus is here, he will be king forever. It's the kind of king that he is. It's the kind of king that will never leave you or forsake you. He's the kind of king that wants you to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. He's the kind of king that cares no matter where you are in your life or what you think may have hurt people or disappoint people, the Bible says he'll never leave you or forsake you. That's the kind of king that he is. And that's the kind of king that he is for the whole world, but it's also the kind of king that he wants to be in your life. Do you know him as savior tonight? Is he king of your life? Have you given your heart, your faith, and your trust to him? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you and accept his gift of salvation and made him the Lord and the king of your life? We were so blessed in our earlier service. We'd have a whole lot of people come out, but those that did had a great time. We were encouraged, and one of our first-time guests prayed with me at the end of the service and invited Jesus Christ to come into their heart to be their Lord and Savior and made Jesus the king of their life. We want to encourage you tonight in the house or whether you're watching online, if you want to make Jesus the Lord and the King of your life, you can do that tonight by asking him to forgive you and inviting him into your life to be personal savior. And if that's something you know that God wants you to do tonight, I'm gonna to invite everybody with me to bow their heads and close their eyes. And we're gonna to pray together. And I'm gonna invite our pianist to come up to the stage and play quietly for us. But if you're interested tonight and you believe that God loves you and believe that God wants to save you tonight. Would you give him your faith and trust tonight? You say, how do I do that? I've got so much stuff in my life I need to straighten out. Listen, God loves you just the way that you are, but he loves you too much to leave you that way. Would you pray and ask him to forgive you and to come into your life tonight? If you've never done anything like that before, I'll, I'll, I'll walk through that prayer with you. Not saying it to me or to the person sitting next to you if you truly believe in your heart the Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved in the same letter that Paul wrote he said this whoever red yellow black or white young old really really good really really bad no matter where you fall into whatever culture says you think culture says about you the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That could be you tonight. Would you pray with me if you want to invite Christ to come into your life tonight? Just say this to God. Say, Dear Father in heaven, you don't have to say it out loud. You can say it quietly. Will you please forgive me of all of my sins and come into my life and save me? I believe in your son, Jesus, and I accept his love and his gift of salvation tonight. Thank you for loving me, and thank you for saving me. And then you just finish your prayer off quietly and keep your heads bowed and eyes closed and just say, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Nobody's looking around, but if you prayed and invited Jesus to come into your life tonight, you're in this audience tonight, you'd 
like to let me know about that quietly with nobody else looking around. I would just invite you right where you're sitting and nobody's looking, but I would invite you right where you're sitting. Just lift your hand up in the air and I'll just pray for you and want to rejoice with you for that decision you made to be a follower of Christ tonight. Is there anybody like that tonight? Pastor, I pray with you. God bless you, buddy. Anybody else prayed that prayer tonight with me? If you prayed that prayer online, God bless you, sweet lady. If you prayed that prayer in the house or online, if you're online watching tonight, would you send me an email to the word pastor, P-A-S-T-O-R, at warehousechurch.com and say, Pastor, I prayed with you tonight. I'll send you a note of encouragement, some information about our church, and give you some things that you can put in your life for your next steps with him. Father, thank you for these few that raised their hands tonight and prayed and invited Jesus to come into their life. We rejoice like the angels rejoiced when you were born that you added to your family tonight. Thank you for the privilege we have of sharing that message of Jesus tonight. Be honored by our words, Lord. Be honored now as we receive the elements of the Lord's table tonight, Lord. I pray that you'll be honored and glorified. Uh, as, as we remember your broken body and the blood that you spilled out so that we could have forgiveness of sins. We ask you this in Jesus' name. And everybody in agreement said, Amen. Hey, I know it's Christmas Eve, but you can say amen louder than that. Amen. Good, 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 okay? So, hey, listen, we, we're going to take uh, a little bit of time as we close our service out, and we're going to observe communion. Uh, we have a really neat thing here. One of our church members calls this McElements, like a Happy Meal a little bit. But it's all the communion elements all wrapped up in one. If you do not have one of these, you didn't get one of these before the church service, would you just lift your hand up right where you're sitting and one of our ushers will come to you. Kelsey's going to walk around the auditorium. Clipboard Kelsey in the house. She's going to take care of you. And uh, just raise your hand up real high until she raise your hand up in the air like you just don't care, okay? And she'll bring one of these by to you tonight. And we'll... And we'll share this time of communion together as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, okay? The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, at the end of a chapter where Paul is instructed, and this is not sermon number two, so relax, okay? I've got some kids that want to get Christmas going, and I'm extremely aware of that, all right? But, um, and son-in-laws, apparently. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul's instructing the church the symbolic nature, but the importance and significance of the Lord's Supper. And he says this, um, examine yourself before you do it. Now, when you think of examining yourself, you know, a really good practical way to think about that is, is the fun that we all have when we go to the doctor, right? You walk in the doctor's office, you have that great experience of stepping on the scale, that first form of affirmation, you know? Gosh, Mr. Trinkle, the last time you were here, you weighed this. And I'm like, thank you very much. I see myself every day, right? So right away when you walk in, you're kind of getting hit with left and rights. And then they tell you about your blood pressure. And then they tell you about this. And then they tell you about that. And you walk out either really rejoicing or crying sometimes, right? Why? Because when you, are, when you truly get examined, it, reveals, it just reveals truth about your life. Hey, you got to watch what you're eating. you got to do this. you got to do this. you got to do this. Jesus told us, before we do this... Examine your heart. If there's things you need to make right with people in your family, make them right. If, if there's some sin in your life tonight that you need to take before the Lord, don't, don't make it something super complicated. I remember when I was a kid and I would hear these kind of things and, 
And the pastor would say, and some of you that have been in church for a long time, you've heard this too. If you take the Lord's table in an unworthy manner, right? You know, you could die kind of a thing. We'd be like, super duper scared. And then you have somebody really pious when the Lord's, when the stuff would come by and they would go, I have things I need to make right. And we'd be like, wow, they're really spiritual. The point isn't to not take it. The point is to make stuff right. So we're going to give you a chance right where you're sitting. Just take a moment and pray. Ask God to forgive you for secret faults. Ask God to forgive you for whatever's on your heart tonight that's in your life that you need to make right with him. Let's just take a moment while the piano plays, and all of us will pray, and then we'll come back, and I'll give you instructions on how we'll take this together. So let's pray together quietly just for a moment, then I'll close in just a second. God, you're so good to us. You're so good to me, Father. I know in my life that I've let people down, and and it's hard to apologize. And people that have let me down, it's been hard for me to forgive. But it's amazing. When I come to you and ask for forgiveness, 1 John 1, 9 says, if I confess my sins, you are faithful. You are just and you will always forgive me of my sins. Father, I can't ask for forgiveness on behalf of other people that may have sin in their life, but would you cleanse me from fault in my life and help me to be a man that honors you in my home, with my wife, with my kids, with our church, with my friends, in the community, in traffic, and difficult situations that come into our life every day. Father, help us to be a reflection of your love, your grace, and your mercy. Lord, be glorified as we remember your broken body tonight. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So these cool little cups, what you'll do is you'll peel the little top layer off and do it carefully. You're going to get red juice on your shirt, okay? Or blouse, excuse me. Just peel that first layer back. And you'll get the communion wafer. And then you'll have your grape juice that we'll take with that. Let's, when I prompt you to do so, let's eat together, okay? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 that I receive from the Lord what I'm also going to pass on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, the Bible says that he took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it and said, this this body is broken for you. And then it says this, you do this in remembrance of me. Let's eat together. same way after supper he took the cup and he said this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it to remember me so let's drink together thank you Lord Jesus for your for your sacrifice for our sins thank you we can celebrate that as we're celebrating your birth tonight as we close our service off Lord with another song Uh, we're, we're, We're giving it to you as an offering of our worship tonight. We pray that you'll be glorified through it. We ask you this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.